Hey, Business Building Warrior, welcome to this episode. We've got some guest hosts today that I'm going to turn the microphone over to in just a moment. They're becoming some fan favorites around here. Great feedback. Anytime we get Brian and Robin on here, guest hosting, and I love to see it. I learn from these guys every time I hang out with them, which is true of our entire coaching team. If you weren't aware, maybe you're new around here, this podcast is all about bringing you success story interviews with the students of the Proven Amazon course, which is our flagship course. You can get details. Go to silentgym.com. You can see our free Facebook group, our course, our coaching, and all that. But this show is dedicated to hundreds of interviews that have been conducted already with successful students from our program. And so many of those successful students have come through our coaching program. Two of our great coaches are Brian and Robin Olson, who you're about to meet in just a moment. They've done a good handful of episodes lately. If you're new around here, you didn't know that. If you've been listening to every episode, which why aren't you if you're not, you would have already heard these guys a few times lately. And they do such a great job. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of, man, I'm just not getting it. I'm trying to find profitable replans. We hear from people quite frustrated sometimes in our Facebook group. And we know it's the newer people typically saying things like, okay, I've watched the videos. I hung out in the group. I see all these people having success, but I'm just not getting it. It's not happening for me. Is this something wrong with me? What's the deal here? And Brian and Robin take this question head on today, including a step-by-step. And this is completely free. I mean, this is the kind of content that most courses charge a whole lot of money for. We're going to step it through one tiny little baby step at a time. Now, the thing to keep in mind about the Replens business, because I've listened to this episode already after Brian and Robin recorded it, it's phenomenal. You're going to love it. One of the things I want to point out after you've heard them kind of spell it out is no matter how long you do this business, there's always more that you can do to make your system better, to comb a little deeper. You know, imagine yourself panning for gold. There's always a slightly better spot in the river. There's always a better pan you could be using. There's always a better time of day or a better procedure. You could have better eyesight perhaps to detect. So the more experienced you become, the better you're going to get at this. But initially, if you're frustrated, there are some really solid tips today on how you can become like one of the hundreds of interviewed guests on this show who do get it. So if you don't quite get it yet, you're struggling to find those underserved listings, those replens that so many people are talking about, all those exciting success stories, and it's just not happening for you yet. Today's episode is for you. And we really don't leave anything out. We spill the beans. But the one thing I want to make sure you keep in mind is this very easily could have been a 12-hour episode because there's always going to be more to learn. I've been doing this for many, many years as have Brian and Robin, as have many people on our team. We've got 60 coaches helping our community. None of us know it all. Even the combined knowledge of all of us doesn't add up to knowing it all because things are always changing. New opportunities are always presenting themselves. But today is a great glimpse into how you can take a few basic steps in the right direction, make a focused effort, and start building a tremendous catalog of beautiful ASINs Beautiful listings on Amazon that sell on a repeat basis at a nice profit for you. Minimizing the risks, maximizing your opportunity for return. And some of the things that I love that I want you to listen for today as Brian and Robin are talking that I specifically enjoyed is Robin uh, and Brian talk about how when they started, I think Brian was just Brian at the beginning. He spent hours and hours and said he couldn't find anything. 
He was beginning to doubt there's something wrong with him. He was a coaching student first. Before he was a coach and a success story, he was a coaching student. He was a frustrated coaching student who'd spent hours and couldn't find anything. He was one of those people posting in the Facebook group saying, what's the deal? (laughs) I don't get it. He called himself the king of not getting it just a few days ago when he was describing that early experience. I love that part of the show today where they talk about that. Uh, The thing that I enjoyed, uh, something I really enjoyed Robin points out about this system that we've mentioned several times. The replens system as taught in the proven Amazon course. Again, there's a link to the course at silentgym.com. That's the only link you need to remember, silentgym.com. But if you jump into the proven Amazon course, there is training in there that steps you through this in such small steps that you're getting paid to learn. Unlike most courses where you pay all your money up front and then you hope to someday make your money back, the proven Amazon course is very inexpensive. So you're getting paid to learn. You're running little tests, little experiments. Your return on investment for your learning process is beautiful if you're doing it the way that we lay it out. She contrasts that with like getting a college degree where you pay tens of thousands. And you know, I would even say you could potentially go hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt getting a degree. And then you hope that it pays off someday once you find that right career. That's not what we do here. We teach you what you need as you need it, step you through, and you're getting paid to learn, which I love that theme of today's episode, as well as we contrast the return on investment that people doing this business model are seeing as compared to, say, a 401k, where you'd be thrilled to get 8, 9, 10, 11% annualized on your 401k, your return on investment. With this, you can get those kind of returns every couple of weeks on the inventory that you're flipping, you know, 10, 20% a month easily as a worst case scenario, even in many cases, we're seeing 40, 60, 80% ROI on many of the items that we're flipping using this strategy. If you build a large catalog of items like that, it doesn't take long to have a pretty impressive business. And again, hundreds of people are doing it successfully. You can be one of those people. We'd love to step you through it. So let's jump over and hear Brian and Robin and hang out at the end of the episode, something I want to prepare you for. They were discussing, hey, we're going to be able to include this video or not at the end. We're not sure. Well, yeah, we do include the video. They talk about a video that really steps you through this process. We're going to tack that on the end here. So this is one of those episodes where you want to look for the YouTube link. If you're listening to the audio only and you want to hear the bonus video or see the bonus video that's at the end, you want to look for the YouTube link that's in the show notes. That'll take you over and you can scroll to the end and watch that segment. We'll probably drop that link in the Facebook group as well. So there'll be a couple different ways that you can watch that tremendous video that they put together that steps you through this three-step process. Very simple three-step process for determining, is this an ASIN? Is this a listing that I want to test against? And again, to reemphasize a point that I've made a couple times already, that three-step process could be infinitely expanded upon, improved, changed, adapted to your needs. So don't look at it as the holy grail of all you'll ever need to know to source great replants, but it's a beautiful, simple system for saying within a couple minutes, in most cases, is the listing I'm looking at on Amazon right now one that I should consider testing against? It's not as complicated as maybe you're making it. So enjoy this episode with Brian and Robin. And please, one last announcement, plan to join them and me and so many of the other great coaches on our team, so many of the success stories you've heard from this program in Columbus, Ohio, July 6th through 8th, 2023. Theprovenconference.com has all the details. Three words, theprovenconference.com. Get over there, check out the tickets. 
plan to join us. We've got a beautiful hotel at a great discounted rate. You do not want to miss this event. Hundreds of listeners to this podcast, successful students from our community, they're all going to be there. Join us. Hey, let's get Brian and Robin on the line right now. You're going to love this episode. This is a repeat listen. I can almost guarantee it. You're going to want to listen to this one more than once at some point. Talk to you soon. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We are your co-hosts. I'm Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. This is Coach's Corner. We're going to tackle a topic today that has been hot in the MST community as of late. Yeah. The dreaded, I hate this feeling. Yeah. It's a, it's a common topic that comes on and off all the time because it happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go ahead. The so, dreaded. The dreaded. I've been at this for hours, days, weeks, and I can't find anything worth sending in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's common. And we all feel like that in the beginning. It's, it's kind of tough because when you're new at it, you're not good at it yet. And you have to kind of give yourself a break. But we might have some, some tips and some perspective that might help you get through this period in the beginning. You know, but let's just stop there for a second. I like what you said where we're, we're talking about you're new at this. You're not good at this. This is something that you're watching someone, uh, a lot of people in a community, thousands of people literally with success stories about how they're how good they are in this business, right? But didn't happen overnight. You see the success story, but you didn't see the struggle in the background. And I know it's easy for everyone to say like, oh yeah, I figured this out in two months or three months or four months. And you know, a lot of people can do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are also natural, I don't know, race car drivers. Yeah. They, they just, just sure. you know, they, they get it. Or a lot of people are natural uh, sprinters. A lot of people are natural... I'm trying to think of stuff that doesn't require physical ability. A lot of people are natural leaders, Mm -hmm. right? They just, they have that sort of stuff built in. Others of us, like me, takes a little bit of time to readjust and acquaint to what it is I'm doing, what the process is, what I'm looking for, what does success look like, all those types of things. So that when I do see success or when I, when I do start hitting some of those marks, I can clearly see that I am being successful, Mm -hmm. but it takes time. You, You don't just you know, wake up one morning and decide I'm going to be successful at this. Right. Give yourself time. And remember, when you hear the stories of interviews, there are lots and lots of successful people in this community. It's a great community and it fosters success. That's why you're here because you know that. But remember those people telling those stories, including us, Mm -hmm. we all went through those struggles. Mm -hmm. But we forget about those struggles once we get past it. That's not our story anymore. And you will have the same, you'll have the same experience once you get through the hardest parts in the beginning. You, you gave a great analogy when we were most recently on with Jim about uh-huh. going through pregnancy yeah. right? and going through labor and, and delivery and how painful and what a struggle that is. But then as soon as you hold that baby, you forget all about it. Now mm-hmm. for you know those of us who who can't bear children, <laughs> then it's a little bit different of an experience. But I think we can relate to that still, right? How painful that is. But everything that you did was worth it. And you don't even remember it because what the payoff on the other side made that so sweet. You would do it all over again, right? So I will tell you, like I tell new, new scared mothers, <laughs> whatever you have to go through, once you get there, it will be worth it. Yeah. All right. So platitudes, stories, analogies, yeah. all this stuff is great. But how do I sort of self-diagnose how to improve in this process 
um, as I'm going through it. So there's a lot of self-reflection, I think, that could be beneficial here. Right. So when, when a client comes to you, Brian, and says, man, I've been putting in hours and hours and hours and I haven't found anything that I can test. Mm -hmm. Where, where do you start with that? How do you help diagnose that and, and break it down for someone? So there's a, an old three-part, uh, mnemonic or whatever that pops into my head when, uh, when I come across that. And that is, I know how I feel. I felt the same way and here's what I found. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say that with a straight face because I have been there. I know exactly how you feel. Mm -hmm. I did feel the same way, maybe worse. Really, it's all, you know, it's tough to measure how we feel internally, but we all feel terrible when it's not going in our direction, right? right. Um, and then I found, um, I found, what I found was the results. The results were I went back to my coach and, and I did leave a little post in MST about this as well. But I went back to my coach and said, sheesh, this is just not working out for me. I'm not finding anything. I've been at this for, you know, six, eight weeks. Nothing's really clicking. And my coach boiled it down like this. Tell me when you are sourcing, mm -hmm. right? Tell me what days you're sourcing and what hours of the day you are sourcing. Mm -hmm. and I had to create that sort of schedule, that, that commitment from me to her, from an accountability standpoint, to my coach. Mm -hmm. So... Do we have a schedule with dedicated hours? If you are kind of bouncing around and you don't really have a set schedule, that's probably step one that I would do. Yes, I agree with that. That makes me think of a college class that I was taking a, a course and I was required ahead of time to commit to the hours and the times of day that I would spend for that mm -hmm. because it was not believed that I'd be successful if I didn't have time carved out for this thing. And I think it's the same way with this. If you don't carve time out and dedicate yourself to sourcing during that time, there's, there are other things you have to do in your business, but you need sourcing time. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have a hard time being successful. And we see people who do that as a basic requirement for getting started being much more successful, much more quickly. It's so easy. Like you just said, there are other things that you need to do in this business. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to let those things creep into the time that you have set aside for sourcing, right? Mm -hmm. So what we need to do in that case is make sure that the, when the, the time that we've set aside, we're actually sourcing. So right. let's not get distracted by some of the things that make us feel productive in our business, but don't necessarily produce the results that we're looking for when it comes to being able to add items to our list of tests. So things mm -hmm. that we're going to send into Amazon FBA and test them to see if they're going to make it to our replens list. What are some of those things that are easy, that can easily distract you? Oh, uh, checking your email, mm. getting a text, going in and reading the My Silent Team Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Great thing to do, mm -hmm. but not during sourcing time. Mm -hmm. Don't consider that sourcing time mm -hmm. because that's not sourcing. It is valuable. So keep doing that. Just set different time to do that. Listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yes. If this is your sourcing time, stop this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> purchasing items, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, that you've already sourced, uh, yeah. replenished, purchasing replens. You know, there are so many things, you know, checking your sales. Checking your repricer, yeah. answering customer emails, looking at your account health. I mean, there is a there is an absolute need for those types of things to be done yes. in the business but not during sourcing time, right? Right. So I think what we're trying to get at is 
if you set sourcing time to be sourcing time, and those are your hours, and it takes hours, especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. those are your hours to source, keep those hours safe and tight and do only sourcing during that time. And you may see some benefit there to your results. So number one, make sure you know when you're going to source, plan that. You can adjust it if you need to, but do it by plan. Mm-hmm. and. Make sure that you are moving other things out of your way so that you can sit down and source have, during that time. Yep, have dedicated time. Don't get distracted, right? And what we mean by sourcing, let's just uh, clear that up as mm-hmm. well. What we mean by sourcing is finding ASINs that you can test that have a source. I mean, you won't know if you can test them or not how you to, until you find a source and know how much. So you've, you need a, an ASIN and a source, a cost and make a decision. That's what we're talking about. That process right there that you need to do with more and more ASINs so that you can build a list to to send in for tests Mm -hmm. this week. Right. So let's say that we're doing those things. Okay. We've done step one. We set our calendar up. We've got dedicated time that we're spending on this. We still are not having the level of success that we would expect. What might be your next question or, or troubleshooting slash diagnosis effort? I would say... If you are spending, let's say, three hours in a sourcing session, I would ask you, how many ASINs are you able to look at during that three hours? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you hear us saying in the training how we, we spend about, you know, a minute or less on average on each ASIN because we've gotten pretty good at ruling them out and only spending time on the ones that can be Good, but we've done this a lot mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. You can't expect that you'll be that quick and that easily uh, make decisions that quickly with no experience. Mm-hmm. So don't put that on yourself. It's going to take, I mean, you still should try to shorten that time, but it's going to take a little bit more time. So let's say it takes three times or four times as long as that. And it takes, you should probably be able to get to a yes or no answer within about three minutes. If if you find a source, I mean, you should find a source during that time and make your assessment. Do you agree? uh, Yeah, I think three minutes is reasonable. It's easy also when you are looking up uh, a product to fall in love with it and spend way more time on looking at that one. Um, And that can be a distraction like some of the other things we were talking about. Instead Mm -hmm. of just being able to rule it out super fast or as fast as you can, giving it every reasonable chance and then when it doesn't work, move on to, to the next ASIN, right? So, right. so if we're doing three minutes mm-hmm. and we've got three hours set aside, how many ASINs are we going to get through in that block of time? You tell me, 20? 60. 20 an hour. 20, oh yeah, 20 an hour. That's what hour. I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 20 an hour and um, 60 in a three-hour sourcing session. Right. Okay, so I can look at 60 ASINs in three hours to kind of make that decision whether I'm going to be able to test that item or not. If I'm doing this manually, doing it by doing it myself, uh-huh. okay, what is my success rate? If I'm looking at for every, I don't know, 20 ASINs, how many, how many successful tests or how many tests would I expect to be able to add to my list during that time? Well, it, it, we say about 5 to 10%. 5 right? to 10%. Okay. So I'm looking at... That's what we're shooting for. You, yeah, again, yeah. You, you're not going to get that right up front, but you're just going to start shooting for that. So let's say it's 5%. It doesn't mean exactly five out of every 100 are going to be there. Sometimes we have to, or in this case, it breaks down to one in 20, right? Yeah. So it doesn't mean that we're going to find 
for sure one every single hour. We may look at the first 40 and find nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we might look at the last 20 and find four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Happens all the Fair? time. Okay. Yeah. So if we're trying to build our list of tests and uh, we know that we're in that 5 to 10% success range and I'm trying to send in 10 new ASINs, it's going to take a little bit of time investment to actually get to that point, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, it's possible that you could still look at 100, 200, 300 ASINs and come up empty. Let's dig into that a little bit. Why, Absolutely. Why, why might that happen? One reason is that you you keep trying to, like you mentioned before, you keep trying too hard to find the source for an mm-hmm. ASIN. Mm-hmm. If it's not right there on the front page of Google, I don't really go any further. Other people have different strategies and you have yours, but don't take too time, too much time. Shoot for that three minutes if you're not getting it and then shoot for improving that to two minutes and one minute. Mm-hmm. So I, I say it doesn't matter how anyone else sells it for that price. It, it's not my business, it's theirs. And they there are so many different strategies in and out of this community. There are no rules about how you can and can't price your items on Amazon, except for if you get a high pricing error or where you can get those items. We have no idea. And spending time on that is going to slow you down. So if you're spending more than three minutes, make sure that you're not looking and looking and looking for a source for that ASIN that you really want to mm-hmm. find a source when you could have spent that 10 minutes you spent on that, you could have looked, looked at three at, more ASINs. Yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great point. I think that it's important to also cut yourself a little bit of slack here. Like yeah. we're not asking you to slack in the business, but don't put it necessarily put a clock. Someone would stand there with a stopwatch right. saying, time's up, time's up. You got to get better at this. Oh, you you know, you spent three minutes last week, you got to do two minutes this week. This is a natural progression that's going to happen over time. You learn skills, you build on those skills. And um, as you continue to build on them, eventually you'll reach a point where within a couple of seconds, generally speaking, I say a couple of seconds, but within... You know whether you're going to spend more time. Yeah, you're like, not. okay, do I, this? does this have opportunity for me? Like, have I had success by spending a little bit more time on this type of product before? No, like I've yeah. never, it's never worked out for me. So I know I'm not going to spend any more time. On the other hand, one of the things that we like to do is kind of evaluate those ASINs that have been successful for us. What is it about those ASINs that makes them testable? And then once they pass the test, what makes them go onto our replans list? Mm-hmm. These are some of the things that we, we uh, the strategies that we're developing for our own business and sharing with people in, in various uh, modules that are out there. How do we think about, how do we identify those types of ASINs that can be successful for us? That That's a really good point, Brian. Once you have a few in your bag, and this, this is more to, back to the, as you spend more time, you will get better at it. Mm-hmm. You will have ASINs to look at, to compare, to see what do these have in common. Mm-hmm. Different things will work for you than work for other people. It's, it's just the nature of us as individuals mm-hmm. and what we feel good about and what we don't feel good about. So let yourself build these things. It doesn't, we're not trying to, I like your uh, stopwatch mm-hmm. analogy where you sit and mm-hmm. see if I can get it faster this time, mm-hmm. faster this time. We're, we're not trying to make the Olympics team here. <laughs> okay. It's your business. You're doing it. You're on your own road. Stay on your road, stay in your lane and learn what you need to learn to get to the next mm-hmm. step. So 
Brian, I would like for you, I had a couple of clients actually come to me and talk to me about the post that you posted where you opened up and told us how difficult it was for you in the, I I believe you said something like you were the king of, I'm not getting this or the (laughs) king of, I can't find anything. Yeah, I'm the king of, (laughs) I was the king of, I can't find anything. I felt about that. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, like uh, after my first coaching session, I felt energized and I felt like, oh, I know exactly, you know, I didn't say I know exactly what I'm doing, but I have enough like to kind of get going here. And I did. And I identified some things, made some purchases, had them, you know, delivered to our home. I, you know, prepped them up, packaged them, sent them in. And then I go back to it. I actually didn't go right back to it. I waited because I sent them in and I waited. Okay, I want to make sure this is going to work. Oh, you were hatching eggs. Yes, I was hatching the eggs instead of continuing to go down the sourcing process. And, but even so, right, it went through the process. It, you know, I had some items that sold. Um, I got to go through the whole cycle of what does that look like? I sourced, I shopped, I prepped, I shipped, I refreshed my app screen to see how much I was selling. <laughs> That's kind of the cycle, right? I mean, there's, right. Other, there's other administrative things that happen um, in the in the background. But but then what happened? I lost that sort of initial momentum. And when I, when I stopped having some of that immediate success, in other words, I didn't find anything you know, low-hanging fruit that I thought was was worth it to me. Then I started distracting myself with other things that I thought might make the process easier or might offer more of an opportunity. For example, um, I was like, oh, well, I want to go learn about wholesale and make just let me be clear. We were, I was learning replants. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was my brand new in the business. I was brand new in the business. And this is what my coach was teaching me. And yet I'm going off and I'm trying to, I'm going to go learn wholesale. I'm going to go learn private label. I'm going to go learn KDP. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go learn, uh, Bundles. Bundles. I'm going to go learn all these things. And all those things are great. And if that's your strategy, well, then pick that strategy and stick with it. Right. right? My strategy was replens. And my coach must have been like, oh, would this guy just (laughs) come back here, please? And, uh, and, you know, and finish the process. Right. It was, I didn't. You're getting close. And yes. Yeah. There's a certain amount of time investment required where you have to, you know, in order to achieve a level of what's the word I'm looking for, you know, proficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and you, everyone has to spend that time. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that time can be compressed for some people and other times it doesn't compress. It may take you three, four weeks, a couple of months, whatever it is. It it could take it could take whatever it takes. Right. Okay. So once I stopped distracting myself, or actually I, I remember coming out, I was telling you when I was sourcing, I was going through the oh, I'm I, I thought I was sourcing. I was really making a new cover for a KDP for three hours. I was listening to a podcast, all the things that we talked about kind of before. I was doing all those things that weren't really adding value um, to my the sourcing part of my business. So mm-hmm. when my coach actually corralled me and said, okay, like I'm going to hold you accountable to this. How many ASINs did you look at? What days of the week? How many hours per day? Right? And we started reviewing those results. That's when progress happened. That yes. is when progress happened. Yes. When you were able to be accountable and sit down and make yourself... Mm-hmm actually do the work that you had planned during the time you had planned for and it. This is the benefit of of having a coach. And I'm not, you know, we're not here saying you should go get a coach. Yeah, if you can absolutely be you, successful without you a coach. Can, so. You absolutely can, yes. But sometimes it's nice just to have that sanity check. For me, yeah. uh, and on a previous uh, episode here, I think we talked about worth the price of admission. Yeah. So one of the WPAs for me in the coaching program uh-huh. was having my coach verify and validate that what I found was good. Yeah. Right? I, that, that was priceless. I just had a client yesterday mm-hmm. that we had decided, okay, this is going to be a good test. So let's go ahead and buy 
three of them, send them in and see how, see how it does mm -hmm. and see if we can uh, sell this for what we needed to sell. And then the next session, she said, okay, I almost did it. And then the price changed and I panicked. Mm -hmm. I wanted to discuss it with you one more time. Mm -hmm. And I said, that is what I'm here for. Absolutely. Run it by me. We'll make you feel better about it. Mm -hmm. But then I reminded her that we already made sure that she's going to break even or above on this, even if it doesn't pass the test. Mm. She's probably going to make a little bit of money. So then she felt, she felt a little better. Now she's going to get that sent in and get some tests going. That's a great little bit of words or whatever that you just dropped in the golden nuggets right there, right? Mm. Um, she was going to uh, break even. I mean, even if, it, say it again, how did you say Even it? if it didn't pass the test uh -huh. to make it onto the replants list, yes, she was going to at least break even. We had evidence, mm -hmm. no guarantees, but we had evidence that she would at least break even and probably make a little bit of money, mm -hmm. even if it didn't go onto her replants list. Ah. So. Yeah, that's incredible. That, that right there is should hopefully make people feel more comfortable with, remember, it's only a test. We're not getting married to this thing. Right. We're trying to source items that uh, sort of our break-even price is is uh, below kind of the the low price that we can uh, establish the, for that ASIN that we're reviewing. And if that's the case, then we can test it pretty much all day long. And uh, like you say, no guarantees, but strong evidence that we're going to be able to get out of that, even if it doesn't pass the test without uh, and still make some money. Right. And the investment is very small. So, you know, no guarantees is probably going to be OK. Mm -hmm. But let's pull back just a little bit mm -hmm. and, and see how the whole thing works in the beginning. We're talking to people who have just started sourcing and they haven't been sending anything in yet or just a few things they found mm -hmm. in the beginning. You will look at it ASIN by ASIN by ASIN. Mm -hmm. You'll look at a lot of ASINs to find a few to test. And you'll test a lot of ASINs to find a few that pass the test and go onto your replens list. Mm -hmm. And you will continue to do that until you can build that replens list, that tested replens list, up to about 75 or 100 ASINs. Mm -hmm. At that point, then we can kind of turn that on its side and look at it as a book of business. Mm. So I suggest that people take what they can get in the beginning to get some wins and get some experience. Mm -hmm. Lower that requirement to get on the replants list to maybe 20% ROI. I know that seems low and it, and it won't seem like it's worth it. But during that first 75 or 100 ASINs, you have to get that built in order to bring that up. Once that's built, you can start replacing those 20% ASINs with 25% ASINs and those 25% ASINs with 30% and on and on and make it as good as you want. You can just keep lifting that bar over time, but you need a book of business to work with. And that's your initial goal is to get that book of business to work with mm -hmm. something that you can win on. You may not be winning very much at the beginning, but that's okay. We will help you improve it. Well, I think it's a great point. And I had a little note here, what I'm calling lowering the bar. And it's just uh, to give ourselves a little more or a lot more opportunities to be successful, right? Yeah. So what we do in that case is when we're evaluating uh, whether we're going to test an item, we're looking at, does it have a minimum? Do I have a good opportunity to sell it for the minimum that I would take on this? Yeah. It could be 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. Yeah, you still get to decide what you that decide is. You decide what that is. For us, it's 20%. Now, just because... To start with. To start with. Just because it is, say, minimum 20%, doesn't mean I'm ever going to buy it. 
what that means is I'm going to put it on my list of tests. Mm-hmm. And then my I'm also going to sort my list of tests by the highest profitability. So just because I you know put it on my list at 20% doesn't mean I'm actually going to buy that. I, I hopefully have some things that are 40, 50, 100% on there that I'm going to use for my test. Then I don't have to go to the 20% one. But the reason I think it's so important to keep the ones at 20% is uh, like I was explaining to someone, we don't want to get skunked. We need to get a fish. Right. right. We need to get a fish. We need to put it in the boat or we need to make sure that we're getting some some successes so we can get, get that momentum, momentum going. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, and, think alike. <laughs> yeah. So once we get that momentum going, then we'll find that, you know, the things that you focus on, you create more of. And if we're focusing on, I can find testable ASINs. Yeah. I can find testable ASINs at 20%. I can find testable ASINs at 50%, at 80%, whatever it is. Then that's what you're going to get more of. Yeah. Agreed. And Remember, just because it is 20% minimum doesn't mean that you don't have potential of making even more on that same ASIN. It's just a test with potential, and we're going to see how much of that potential we can realize. Right. Like I think it's important to point out, we're talking about 20% minimum. Okay, We're talking return on investment. And we're talking about return on Mm -hmm. investment. But that doesn't mean that it might not be at 60% when we put it on our test list. All it means is 20% was where we kind of drew the line. Right? So so you're saying we might see potential for 60% yes. ROI. Yeah. And we're going to send it in at 60% ROI. Mm-hmm. But then if it doesn't sell at 6%, we're going to start lowering that price. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that for about 30 days. Mm-hmm. And see, this is how we do it and how we, how we teach our, our clients to do it. We're going to put that in for about 30 days. During that time, we have space between whatever our potential was, and we'll tell you how we got there in a minute, whatever our potential was and our minimum requirement to sell it someplace in there. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll be in the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Jim has taught us, ignore the buy box, sell somewhere in the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll end up there. We'll put it on our replens list and we'll move on. If we get to 30 days and we're all the way down at our minimum requirements, then we're probably just going to drop that price, get out, sell our three, and move on. It didn't pass the test. It didn't pass the test. But we might have made 4% ROI on it. We might have made a few cents on it. What's wrong with that? In 30 days, 45 days. days. Yeah. And so you're actually, you said this last night when we were in a different conversation, you're actually getting paid to learn. Right. So that college class that I was talking about, where Mm -hmm. I had to commit to certain hours, I paid a lot Mm -hmm. of money Mm -hmm. for that. In this case, we're actually getting paid while we're learning. This is a great, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, almost like an internship, right? Right. Point is, if we we make it so that we're going to be successful, we set the system up for us to succeed, to include our minimum ROI, then we can put fish in the bucket like that or in the mm-hmm. boat, whatever. That needs to, that's to start the process. We have to source, yeah. we have to shop, we have to prep, we have to ship, mm-hmm. and we have to do the administrative stuff. Yeah. And none of those things are going to happen until we can get things on our list of tests. Yeah, right? it is the first thing we have to get through. And we were talking about with the boys, our, we have two grandsons, mm-hmm. seven and four, love them to death. They do the, the is it a lion? They're hunting for a lion going on a, bear. Lion, a bear hunt going on a bear hunt yeah and then they come up to the the grass uh the tall grass mm-hmm. and they say i can't go over it i can't go under it mm-hmm. i can't go around it mm-hmm. i gotta, gotta go, go through, through it, it. And yeah. every obstacle they come to they gotta go through gotta go it through it yeah. we, and and you know our 
seven and four year old grandsons know this. So we decided that we need we should to probably adopt that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's yeah. true. It's like the sourcing, you know, curve that everyone has to go through. But yeah, there's no going around it. If you distract yourself, it yeah. doesn't help. You still are going to have to go through it. And it, and it's painful. It's uncomfortable. I say painful. It's not physically painful. No. You know, but it, it can be uncomfortable, <laughs> but we all have to go through it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's awesome. Know that you're going to get better at this over time. Absolutely. Every aspect of this process that we've been talking about. Right. You know, when we get into a coaching uh, session sometimes and we're explaining and demonstrating how to do this, Robin and I can pretty quickly pick out, you know, this is, when we're looking at a list of items, we can uh-huh. kind of pick one out and go, I bet that one's going to be good. Yeah. And we get in there and and sometimes it is. Yeah. Not always. Right. But our chances of identifying those good ones are higher. But we've been doing it for four years. I've been doing it for four years. You've been doing it for three and a half years, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, you develop that skill over time. You get really good at it. Right. And we like to, I like to give that disclaimer when I'm working with a coaching client. I'm really good at this. And I'm not saying that to brag. It's because I've been doing it for four years. You've been doing it for four minutes. You're not right. very good at it, right? Right. So let we're going to take you... Okay. Yeah, let it be okay, right? Yeah. Just Everybody know wants to be the best. You are only going to get to be in that space one time. Yeah. And that's right now, if that's you, right? Yeah. You're only at this struggle. And trust me, I mean, I tell the story about, you know, how uh, I'm the king of not finding anything. It was way more painful than, you know, mentally than it is today. Yeah. Now we can look back and go, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. But at the time, it was like, you were coming out of the office. I said, did you find anything? <laughs> it was no. tough. It was tough. But you stuck with it and you found a way to get through it. It took a little more time than it takes for some people. Mm-hmm. But, those, you know, those people who do it very quickly, mm-hmm. are they're not the norm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Well, that was the thing that really kind of inspired me about this community is that I heard people on the podcast yeah. that they were they reminded me of other people in my life. I know someone like that. Mm-hmm. I know someone like that. Mm-hmm. Wait, they figured this out in a good way. Like, you know, some one of my friends who can't spend more than two minutes on anything <laughs> has figured out how to do this. Okay, then I can figure this out. And so I go right. in there with a failure is not an option. That's what yeah. I kept telling myself. Failure yes, is indeed. not... And did say that out loud a lot. A lot, uh-huh. right? And But I also knew that um, failure was, uh, well, it was only an option if I let it be. Right. Failure is not an option. Uh, if you decide that failure is not, not an option, not a choice for you, then it won't happen. You're the only one that can hold you're, that. Yes, you're the only one who's going to give yourself the out yes. in that situation. And all you have to do is look around this community and see that, like I said earlier, the thousands of success stories to know it's possible. Yes, you you may struggle. That's okay. It may take some time. It may take some time. But if you don't give up, if you keep at it, pretty soon that that click is going to happen and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay. Now this is making more sense. Now, I would still throw up a word of caution there just because you think you got it figured out. You probably don't yet because there are days that I'm like, oh, we still don't know what we're doing. And things change all the time. You have to get good at adjusting. Right. So when when it does click for you doesn't mean like go big. Right? No, we're still testing. We're still doing inch deep, mile wide. We're still doing all the things that uh, you know, the strategies and the concepts that yep. are taught here. That's right. That's right. Because we don't want to ra- raise our risk too high. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have to. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity yeah. to make return very quickly. And you know, compared to other businesses, we're doing really, really well at you know making twenty percent, turning that over once a month or forty-five days. 
that's pretty good. Ask anybody in any other business. You know, that's not to get off on another rabbit trail, but the, <laughs> the, the opportunity that we have in this business. A lot of people will say, yeah, what did you make in your 401k last year? What did you, how did your investment accounts do? And, oh, I got like 11%. Yeah. On the year? For yep. the year? Oh, yeah. We, in old school days, like when, when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. I want to get 11%. Right. right? That's before I knew about getting 20, 30, 40%. In 60 days. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then it has progressed, right? Yeah. And now we're like, uh, oh, wait, I can get 20% in a year? No, no, no. I can get 20% in a quarter? No. I can get 20% in a month. Right. And then I can turn that over and get 20 more percent on that 20%. And here's the thing. I keep, we, we keep saying 20%. That's <laughs> yeah. not what our biz, how our business is no, based. But we're we're just kind talking of, about minimums. Yeah, kind of worst case scenario situation. Before. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. There's more than that. But yeah. even that is what yeah. we're saying would be good. Yeah. All right. Let's go one more place here, okay. Brian, before we be. So if if we've are, we know we have a schedule for, for sourcing, mm-hmm. we're actually doing the sourcing. We're mm-hmm. really doing everything, everything. We need to do to find ASINs and when and we have counted how many we're narrowed down the time we're spending on it, but we're still not finding mm-hmm. them. What's what's the next step? What do you tell them next? Right. And I had that thought earlier. I'm glad you came back to it because I, I had it for a second and then it left me. So here's what it is. <laughs> that happens to you. Yeah, I know. We uh, see it. We can frequencies. see that. Yeah. We can see the eyes you know, glaze over. No, it, for us, when that starts happening, and it mm-hmm. does happen from time to time, it does, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually because I'm something about the category that I'm in, something about the price point that I'm in, something about, you know, we use a, a Keepa a lot of times. So there could be something that's kind of messed up in my filters or settings that is not quite right. And it's leading me into a place where I'm not having as much success. So a lot of times I'll just like start all over. Yeah. Like go back to the drawing board and say, I'm going to... These aren't going anywhere. Yes, right. Yeah. So if you're finding, like, if you were doing keep a sourcing and you're like, uh, well, I just keep looking and, you know, I keep looking and I'm not finding anything. And every every category search that you're doing or every keyword is related to the toys category, change it up. Go in a completely different direction, right? We got to change the source of what we're doing to give us kind of a new set of data to evaluate. Yeah. Right. Is that Absolutely. kind of where you were going with that? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the next thing that you tell your clients, then I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Change things up, mm-hmm. try a different tactic. And there are many, many ways that you can find ASINs and find sources. So mm-hmm. try some different things. Mm-hmm. We use many ways within Keepa, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. but there are many ways mm-hmm. to fi- uh, listen to podcast 555, I believe it is. It's the one right after... Ignore the buy box. Mm-hmm. Five, 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 five. Yeah. Uh, and Jim talks about several different ways mm-hmm. to find ASINs that are that would make good tests. Mm-hmm. But I also like to go with defining what do you consider a good test? Maybe you're passing by things that you should be testing and you're not recognizing those. So while in the beginning, we like to give you some clear guidelines if we can. You will throw these away probably or stretch these out once you get, you know, 7,500 ASINs and you're looking at it as a book of business. But to get started, sometimes you need some yes or no answers because it's a little scary. You don't have that experience. So we've put together kind of a three-step process that will give you yeses and nos that we're going to share with you that might help you kind of uh, pull the trigger a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. And those include making sure 
that you have evidence that you can break even or above. So we don't want you to throw your money away. We want you to invest safely in your ASINs. And there are no guarantees, but we we can try to keep that risk as low as possible. So what's the first thing that we do in our three-step process? I'm just going to lay it out for you. It's Mm -hmm. velocity. Mm -hmm. It is uh, break-even. And it is potential profit. Okay. So those are the three things we're going to go on. So how do I know if I have enough velocity, Brian? I have Keepa plugin installed on my browser. And I go to the bottom of the Keepa chart and there's a little statistics thing. And if I have... Actually, I don't even have to hover it. It tells me how many drops per month on right there at the bottom of the Keepa chart. On average, on ab- for the last 90 days. Right. And so I know, it does it meet my criteria just by looking at that number? And for us, that's going to be 30. At 40, least. 30, well, it's, that's better. why it's minimum. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, 30. I'm looking for 30 drops. This is different. Like in the old, when I first started out doing this, I was focusing on things that had minimum five drops, right? right. For us, it, back in those days, if it was like between five and 15 drops, that was kind of the sweet spot. But, right. but that got us into trouble sometimes too, because we would send in tests and they weren't moving. Mm-hmm. We well, couldn't get back out of it. It's them tough quickly. to get out of it when it only has five keep drops a month. Sometimes, right? Even if right? we lowered the even price, if I want to break even. I'm still waiting. Right. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. So I need that money back so, we, so I can try it on we've, something We've else. moved our sites a little bit and focused uh-huh. more on those faster moving agents so that if I want to get out tomorrow, I can. Yeah. Right? And I can get my capital back plus a little bit of profit and go and do something else if I want to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So that's velocity. That's velocity. Mm-hmm. And and that's a good reason that we test velocity. Mm-hmm. And this was this was inspired, this, this thing that we set up was inspired by Jim's podcast, mm-hmm. 554, Jim Cockrum, uh, Silent Sales Machine Podcast 554, where he talks about ignoring the buy box. You don't have to compete in the buy box. There is, there is money for you outside of there without being so competitive. Okay. And we were competing at that time. Okay. Yeah. In the buy box. Second one, break-even test. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know, and a lot of your on-page calculators like AZ Insight and Rev Seller will tell you this as soon as you put your cost in there, is what I'm going to have to sell this for in order to break even. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can get all my money back. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So why does the break-even part matter? Because I want evidence that I'm not going to throw my money away. I want historical evidence that that price is not going to dip down below my break-even price for longer than I, you know, seven to 10 days, because I want to be able to know that if I need to lower my price and get out of there, I can get all my money back. Mm-hmm. No guarantees, but we want strong evidence of that. So mm-hmm. I kind of draw a line on the keep a chart. And I usually look at three months. There are reasons, you know, times when I'll look at more than that, but I usually just stick with three months, keep it quick. And kind of draw a line at the lowest price, except for anomalies, where that price has been during the last three months. All right. So just let me help give the visual here. Okay. We're looking at an ASIN. Yeah. And when I, for the most part, if I'm looking for the most consistent um, bottom buy box price, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm drawing that line. But I could have outliers that I'm excluding. Those outliers could be maybe a day where the price dropped by five bucks mm-hmm. or a, you know, a three-hour period where the price dropped by $2 mm-hmm. or whatever. But most of the time, that's my sort of baseline, what we call our basement, right? We call the basement, We yes. call the basement, yeah. yes. Okay. Yes, and that's on the keep it chart. So yep. why do we use the buy box price for that? Well, because that's the easy way to tell 
what the average price was on that day. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we're going to price it according to the buy box. We're just looking to make sure that those lower prices, which are usually the buy box prices, don't dip too low. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. So we're, we're building in a low risk there. We're build, building in some safety for ourselves. And so we've only done two things and we can already determine whether we're going to go any further in evaluating that ASIN, right? Right. So if if it had not met the velocity mm-hmm. test, what would you do? Move on to the next. Move on to the next ASIN. Right. So, so that's, that's seconds. We can tell that in seconds, right? Yes. Right off the bat. So this helps bring your average per ASIN down, right? Right. When you are looking at this. Now, the other thing you can do is stack the deck in your favor when you're using Keepa by setting some of those filters in the back end to produce a list that you're sourcing from. Everything that you look at will meet your velocity test. Theoretically, right. it does need a sanity check, but yeah, right. an eyeball check. Right. Exactly. Okay. Then if it didn't meet my break-even assessment, mm-hmm. I'd move on to the next ASIN. Okay. Break-even assessment. Now, we all we did was we figured in the break-even. Mm-hmm. We figured out what that was. We haven't done the assessment yet because we needed to figure out what the right. basement was. Right. So we didn't get there. Okay. So I know what my basement is. And so let's say uh, my break-even is nineteen ninety-five, and that I need to sell it for to cover my costs and my expenses and mm-hmm. my fees, right? Mm-hmm. Then I look and find that basement on the Keepa chart, my recent low price, so to speak. And if that recent low price is above my break-even price, mm-hmm. then it, I've passed my assessment. Then, then, then we get to step number three of the three-step check, right? Which, which is, is potential profitability. Potential profitability. Oh, okay. So it's not enough just for it to break even, right? It's not worth testing if not, we're not going to have a chance to get it on our replans list, right? right. We, we, yeah. If it doesn't also meet our minimum requirements for return on investment, then we're going to be out and on to the next ASIN to, for, to evaluate, right? Right. So you draw that line where it's comfortable for you and your business. For yeah. us, we draw that line minimum at 20%, and that's above break-even. Mm-hmm. What's the other potential for profitability? Anything above that, 25%? That mm-hmm. spread is what we're looking for, right? Right. Above 20, up to whatever, 100, 200%. Whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And how do we know what that is? Okay. So how, how we know what that is, is we're looking at that same 90-day time frame uh, in Keepa, and we're looking for the highest buy box price that we've seen on there. If it's ever been that price, if, even anomalies. Even if it was for one day or four hours or whatever. This is how we capture kind of the range that that ASIN is selling in. And I and I understand that a lot of times we don't see uh, a sale that is outside the buy box sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, the buy box may say it's $24. We know, we have evidence, not just, uh, not a preponderance of evidence. We have hard evidence because we've sold that ASIN at $26 and the buy box, you know, uh, indicator didn't change on the Keepa chart. Right. Right. Okay. So we want to give ourselves at least you know, the highest opportunity there, which is that high point. So we can always go down on our price. Right. But just to clarify, on the bottom side, we are ignoring the anomalies. Right. On the top side, we are including the anomalies. Right. That gives us our 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 stretch in there, right? Our I had the I said the word a minute the, ago and forgot about it. And the range. The, yeah, the range. It gives <laughs> us the biggest range um the opportunity uh for our opportunity to make additional profit. Yes. Wow. So you actually have a video on this. I do. Maybe we can attach this on the end of the video. We can attach that video on the end of this. Uh, maybe so. We'll have to see. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, ask the people who do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, helps make that a little bit more clear in terms of how do I determine whether this can be a test? How can I add more items to my list of tests mm-hmm. so that you can eventually get more things onto your refunds list? So three steps to decide if it's test worthy. Mm-hmm. Does it pass the velocity assessment? Does it have enough movement that I know I can get out of it if it, if it works or doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Does it pass the break-even assessment? And have I got pretty good evidence that I'm going to break even or above? And I'll probably make a little bit of money, even if it doesn't meet my requirements to go on my replens list. Mm-hmm. And does it have a potential profit to enough to meet my requirements to go on my replens list? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I'm testing for. Does it have enough profit to go onto my replens list? So those three things are yes or no questions. We told you how to find them. So hopefully you'll be able to know how to find ACEs to test. And we start those tests at the very highest price. Mm-hmm. And then between, like we said earlier in the in this podcast, between the 30 day, the start available and the 30 days available, then we will lower that price and see what we can get somewhere probably, hopefully in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. We'll go all the way down to our minimum requirements. And if it doesn't sell for that within 30 days, then we'll go ahead and drop our price and get our money back. Oh, we make a little bit of profit mm-hmm. and move on to the next ASIN. Mm-hmm. That I might make sense. I have a vision. Yes. Oh dear. I know. So it's like I like <laughs> to. We Every like time to... you have a vision, I find myself in a new business. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I just I think about when we go fishing. Yeah. Right. And we're we fish from uh, the shore, or we Usually, fish yeah. from a boat, but mm-hmm. we're we're casting our our lure, uh, usually like I'm doing fly or lure fishing, right? Right. Not bait fishing. And when I throw that out into the water, the best feeling is when it gets hit right there. And that's a, when I do that, it's yeah. as far as I can get it out there. Right. And when I get a bite, when it's way out there, that is the most fun fish to catch. Yes. Because I have all that time to reel them in back to the, you know, whatever. Yes. I just uh, I don't keep the fish. I put them back. But... Right. But it's so fun versus if I'm reeling, you know, that I'm pulling my bait in and when, uh-huh. versus when it happens right at the shore, it's not nearly as exciting because, oh, I got him right there and I'm yeah. all done, right? You got a fish. I did get a fish, yeah. right. There's some joy in that, in that. And that, that also speaks to why do you cast it as far as you can possibly cast it? Because you cover more ground. You want to have all the chance from the mm-hmm. time you get that lure out there mm-hmm. to the time it comes back to your... Uh, fishing rod, mm-hmm. all that time you have to catch. So the, mm-hmm. the broader that span, mm-hmm. the more time you have, uh, the more op- opportunity you have to catch fish. Yep. That's right. The more fish will get to see that that lure. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So, With that, I think we've gone a whole yes. little bit too far <laughs> in the weeds. <laughs> we've got a little bit. Of, but hopefully we've helped encourage you to know that you're not alone. We all go through those tough times in the beginning. Yeah. It does take time. Give yourself a break mm-hmm. and, you know, just pin it, pin it down. Try to make it better and better every day. Yep. Give you yourself a system, it. set the system up for, uh, to be in your favor and then execute. You got to execute. Yep. You can do it. All right. Well, it's been our pleasure to be here today. We hope to see you back soon. Any final words? You know, if you can't find the reason, you know, you say it better. <laughs> If your business is struggling, you know what solves that problem? 
More aces. More aces. Yes, more aces. All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks. Hey, wasn't that a great episode? I told you it was going to be. I knew you would love that one. So here's the deal. We've got that video for you, the video that Robert and Brian were just talking about. We've added it on to the video version of this episode because you're listening to this episode right now and not watching this episode right now. You wouldn't be able to see it. So we've stuck a link in the show notes to that video. You can either go watch it on YouTube or you can jump into our Facebook group and see it there. Either way, we've got a direct link in the show notes. Now, the show notes can be found by going to silentgym.com and then looking up this episode. So whatever podcast listening app you're using right now, if it doesn't show you an episode number or it doesn't show you show notes for some reason, you need to get over to silentgym.com, look at the episode number for this episode and jump over. You'll be able to watch that three-step video for making sure that you are spending your money and investing your money into test-worthy ASINs like Robin described today. All right, go find that video. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.